This is episode 273 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're going to talk diet backlash, rebound eating, and the link to emotional eating. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedozier.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, my sisters. How are you doing? No, seriously. How are you doing? I think we collectively could use a big, deep breath. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. But I know right now for me, that's what I need. So let's all take a deep breath. We're going to talk about a subject today that requires that space of clarity, of like being present in our body, being present with ourselves. So I think this deep breath is going to help us process the topic of today. I'm recording this podcast in the third week of January, which is usually the tipping point for all the new year resolution. Based on how you personally approach the new year right now, perhaps this is when things are getting really difficult. The enthusiasm, the hope created by the new year, new you thematic is gone. And some would say it washed away. I share in episode 268, my personal goal for 2021, and some of you may remember time blocking was one of my goal, especially when it comes to my business calendar and and generally my whole time, right? How to time block my day so I can have more, quote, balance or more personal time and business time because my business is growing and I have to become more efficient with my time. Otherwise, you know, I find myself working until eight or nine o'clock at night. So I chose to adopt time blocking with my calendar from a place of love and care for myself so I can have more time for myself. And I was sharing with a friend last week how much easier it is for me to create goals like time blocking and follow through on them now that it's ever been in the past. And it's the, the some would say like, what's the magic trick? Well, the, there's no magic trick, right? It's my self-coaching practice, the self-coaching, the way in which I have trained my brain 
to produce thoughts and think the way that is best for me has been the game changer. Let me be clear. And I, I have what I call a human brain, just like every other woman. My brain has been doing its human brain job when it comes to my goals, my new goals or the new reality I want to create for myself. It's been creating opposition <laughs> to changing the way that I manage my time, right? I had this goal. I went through the process of goal settings with feeling like I teach and conquer and thrive, but my brain is doing its job. It's like, no, we're not doing that. Like for the last eight years, since you quit the corporate world, you've been free with your time. You've been doing whatever you want when you want. And now you want to go back to have structure with your time? My brain is like, hell no, we're not doing this. So my brain, it's doing what it's supposed to do, which is keep me in my comfort zone and the thing that I've been into for almost the last eight to nine years. But the difference is, is although my brain has been offering me all these opposition thoughts, I don't listen to them. And to be honest, because I've been practicing self-coaching for a number of years now, there's not that much opposition to my goal anymore because I have retrained my brain to think in a different way. And that's the power of self-coaching. That's what, like, that's what we teach in all of my program. That is the professional program, the non-diet mentorship or conquer and thrive. Everybody starts with learning self-coaching because, and as I'm going to show you in the episode today, like the reason, the root cause of most, I would say like 90 plus percent of our suffering as women is from the way we think. It's from our brain for a number of reasons. I could do a whole episode on that, but we'll stay constrained to today's topic. But if we don't learn to manage our brain differently, if we don't learn to go with the thoughts in our brain in a different approach, we will forever be stuck in our current situation, what I call the comfort zone. It's the same for me, and it's the same for you. <laughs> like, I'm not special. The only difference is I have a tool, a technique to manage my brain differently. So right now, perhaps for you, when you approach your goal, the reality of working towards your goal is difficult, right? And it's, here's the thing, it's not supposed to be easy, that's not how the human brain is built. Human brain is built to oppose changes. And to be honest, that's what most goal setting, New Year resolution program miss. It misses this whole part of managing your brain after setting the goal, right? When your brain is ready to have a tantrum, that's how I teach to handle your brain. In Conquer and Thrive, we teach our students to give their brain a name so they can detach, create this separate entity of their brain. When their brain's having a tantrum, nothing has gone wrong. Their brain is not doing anything wrong. It's simply opposing changes. 
So when your brain is having a tantrum, it's normal. And that's what I want us to focus on today, our brain tantrums. And we're going to focus into the context of dieting or any form of restriction. And I want to be clear, when I talk about food restriction or dieting, I'm talking about any form of food restriction or dieting, that it is a health diet, a um, gut health plan, a meal plan for all the good reason, to the traditional diet of just cutting out calories or even intermittent fasting. Any form of restriction on your food intake no matter how quote unquote it's good to your brain, it's all the same damn thing. When we restrict food and we diet, that's when the phenomenon of diet backlash comes to life. If we look at the definition of backlash in Mr. Google, we are explained backlash being a string of negative reaction to a change And usually these reactions are in opposition to the said change. Diet backlash shows up as, quote, craving, specifically for the food that are restricted. Uh, We're talking about over, quote, eating, binging, weight regain, depression, anxiety. Diet backlash is actually a well-known phenomenon. and It's studied phenomenon, like it's research within the field of the non-diet approach but almost unknown to society at large. It's almost like a a dark secret that the weight loss industry wants to keep away, and for all good reason. Because if the diet industry, the weight loss guru, diet culture would declare to the dieter the inclusion of diet backlash as part of their program, well, the truth is a vast majority of women wouldn't sign up for the program in the first place. Let me illustrate for you diet backlash. This is a, an example that I use with my student. I want you to imagine taking an, an elastic band, right? Take the elastic band and pass it through perhaps two finger on your left hand. And then you take your right hand and then pull on the elastic band to stretch it. And you pull, you pull until you have a good tension. Think of that as food restriction, And you continue to exert the force required to pull and stretch elastic band. And with time, it becomes more difficult. Perhaps your hands feel tired, your arms then feel tired, and then your shoulder would feel tired from pulling and resisting the urges. And I want you to think of that phase as the third week of January. When your brain is throwing a tantrum with all the thoughts about not following the diet, not doing the exercise, but you continue with willpower to restrict yourself or follow the plan. But suddenly, at some point with the elastic band, you're going to lose your grip, right? Your arm's going to get so tired that you will let go of the elastic band. And you know what happens? The elastic band will snap right into your hand and it hurts. All the tension needed to hold the elastic band has given away in the opposite direction. That's what is known as rebound eating, right? When you eat in response to a period of restriction, 
Just like with the elastic band, it's 100% normal because all the force required to keep you restricting is now working in the opposite direction. That rebound eating diet backlash is what's behind the statistic of 91% of dieters regain their weight loss within one to five years. People who repeatedly go on diet experience diet backlash, which is this increased rigidity regarding good and bad food and restriction, which leads to binge eating, reduction in self-trust at first with food and then with your whole self and your whole life. The feeling of not, quote, deserving food, even social withdrawal. There's even one study that showed that 49% of people who end a diet will experience many post-dieting binges. And here's how your brain creates the thoughts that will lead you to experience dieting backlash and rebound eating. So here's a few thoughts that could be floating in your head when you're about to experience diet backlash. I've been so bad today. Since I've blown up the day, might as well enjoy. I can't believe I've ate so many carbs at breakfast and lunch. I'm only supposed to eat carbs once per day. I waste so much. I don't deserve to eat anything. Clearly, I have no willpower over food, so might as well overeat. Since no one is at home watching me right now, might as well have all the chips I can get before anyone comes back home. Oh my God, I ate meat. Why am I craving animal product? I'm such a terrible person. And you can replace meat with any form of restricted food. Wow, I wasn't paying any attention to my food. I need to continue eating so I can taste it now. I can't believe I cave in. I have bread with gluten. I'll never get better. This tastes so good now. I need to eat it now because I'll never have it again. You know, when we put these thoughts that most of us have all had or a variation of them in perspective... It's like a big awakening. But here's where it gets interesting. Research is showing that women who deliberately restrict their food intake are more likely to overeat or overconsume the restricted foods, especially in response to an emotional state. What we think as emotional eating may actually be diet backlash or rebound eating. In a subconscious way, when we diet and experience diet backlash, we give ourselves a license to eat the food that are normally forbidden, and we use our emotion as a way to give ourselves the permission in hope that the guilt of, quote, not following the diet will lay blame on emotional eating. In a way, we use our emotion as a way to give ourselves permission to eat the restricted food or the, quote, bad food. So let me give you a few examples of how this can show up. This is when you have thoughts like this one. I never eat sweet, but because I feel so sad right now, I deserve to eat it now. I feel so angry today. I deserve to eat as much as I want. Or this one. It's okay today. I can have chip 
I'm having a very stressful day. I need comfort. This is an exceptionally loaded situation. I would never eat this normally. These thoughts create a self-fulfilling prophecy because you are having these thoughts that create feeling of frustration, resentment, low self-esteem, and many other unproductive emotion in your body. And that creates the behavior of more coping, more numbing, and more compensatory food behavior like binging. We're creating our own emotional eating because we restricted, dieted in the first place. And nothing has gone wrong. Nothing is wrong with you if you are experiencing this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's biology. So I'm going to propose to you three questions that I'd like us to reflect on. How much of what we self-describe as, quote, problematic relationship to food is in fact due to our self-imposed restriction or dieting behavior? How much of the food behavior we hope to fix by entering our new restriction pattern diet or, quote, healthy lifestyle is actually made worse by the said lifestyle diet or healthy eating pattern? And this one, what if there was nothing wrong with our food behavior, that our body was reacting exactly how it was created and wired to react in face of food restriction? Then what? What if the problem wasn't us as women, but the diet? Then what? I'm proposing these questions to you because I'm not here to tell you what you should do, but instead to give you a choice. Most women think they don't have a choice, that they must be dieting. They must be restricting in order to be valued by society, valued either in the size of their body or valued by their food choice or by their health status. Women think this way because we live in a society that's dominated by diet culture. I'm here to say to you that you have a choice. The diet backlash, the rebound eating that you are experiencing now doesn't have to be. It's only happening because you are dieting and restricting. If you choose to stop dieting and restricting, all of it will go away. If you choose to continue to diet or restrict, it will continue. There's no avoiding it. It's part of the package deal. Make an informed choice. The other option is intuitive eating, coming back to our roots, becoming an intuitive eater, using the process of intuitive eating, right? The 10 principle and repairing the damage caused by dieting and diet backlash. I want to wrap up this podcast with the thought that I know some of you have right now floating in your mind. But she started the podcast sharing about time blocking. Isn't that a form of restriction? And she even told us that she's using self-coaching as a way to manage her mind to maintain the restriction on her time. Could I be using self-coaching to sustain food restriction? 
I know some of you are wondering that question, and I think this is an excellent question. The answer is technically yes. You could use self-coaching as a mean of maintaining food restriction for a period of time. However, your biology would kick in at some point and the human survival mechanism would overpower any attempt, even with self-coaching, to maintain restriction. You see, there's a difference between time restriction and food restriction. One is restraining a basic human need, right? If you're familiar with Maslow's pyramid of basic need, air, water, shelter, sleep, clothing, sex, and food are basic survival need that your brain is wired to defend at any cost. Trying to impose restriction, for an example, on the amount of air you allow yourself to breathe, not going to work. I mean, try it. You'll tell me the result. You're going to breathe full lungs of hair pretty quick. Now, the other aspect to answer that question that may be floating in your head that I want to bring to your awareness is the intention behind your goal of restricting. No matter what you're restricting, what is your intention? Is it from a place of love or fear? And that's fundamental to any goals. Is the intention of goal setting towards unconditional love towards yourself Or are you trying to avoid a fear you experience? 99% of food restriction are a mean to avoid a fear, mostly around losing weight and or gaining weight. Even food restriction and reason of health is about avoiding what some people fear, which is not perfect health. So those are two points I want you to consider and how I started this podcast talking about using self-coaching to maintain restriction and the difference with food. If you're a part of our Conquer and Thrive community, be sure to go and access your Conquer Emotional Eating Clinic. That's our focus for February 2021 is unpacking emotional eating and walking you through a process that will help you understand where your food behavior that you deem as emotional eating are rooted in and how, if applicable, we can use self-coaching to change the thoughts, the emotions, so that you can sustain intuitive eating behavior. And if you're not part of Conquer and Thrive, you have until February 28th, 2021 to join us to have access to this clinic. But even if you don't join us, I think this podcast is going to be helping you move through your emotional eating behavior, your diet backlash and rebound eating, especially around the three questions I gave to you in the podcast for you to journal and reflect upon. I think it's going to be a great start for you. I love you, my sister, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Hey, you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Try. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life-changing work and apply it into your own life. 
We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively, and master body confidence. That you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.